Welcome to Invest in Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast. Join the podcast mogul Phil Better as he interviews successful entrepreneurs that make their living in the digital world. Now, let's join your host, Phil Better, and his special guest today on Invest in Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Invest in Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm, of course, your host, Phil Better, the podcast mogul, and I am so happy to introduce our guest today. They are an entrepreneur and digital marketing expert who focuses on bringing results to clients and students by researching and applying the latest marketing and sales funnel techniques that work. He also works on providing value through his personal YouTube channel about the latest marketing approaches and strategies, as well as connecting with fellow entrepreneurs and business owners in his Facebook group, Facebook Ad Secrets. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together for Hernan Vasquez. Hernan, thank you so much for being here. Hey everyone, hey Phil, thank you for having me, it's my pleasure. So Hernan, uh, I talked a bit about how you, you're a digital marketer, you love looking at marketing techniques, studies and all that, but let's go back to the very beginning. Boom, we're back. X number of years, I don't know how many years it is, you're gonna let us know. What got you into becoming a digital entrepreneur or an entrepreneur that's, in general? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. And this was roughly 15 years ago. Yeah, so this was roughly 15 years ago. I finished uh, university, I have a day job, right? I, have, I, I, I actually landed what, would, what you could call my dream job, right? back in the day. And the reason it was my dream job is because it was, you know, everything that my parents taught me to be, right, as a dream job, it had it, right? I get it, I was getting, you know, a nice salary. It was near my house. I was actually walking down the street to this, you know, to this office. It was great, right? Had a great environment. It had a great everything, right? People will stay there uh, for like 30 plus year, 30 plus year, 35 plus years. So it was, if you landed a job in that company, Boom, you were set for life, right? And uh, I came from that mentality. I grew up in a third world country. I'm originally from Argentina, from South America. And, um, and I grew up with that mentality, right? Like go to college, get good grades, get a job, and then go from there. So that was my goal up until then. And then uh, within that company, you know, I was doing really well. I had a good job. I, have, I had a cozy job and a comfortable job. But then... Uh, I, I asked myself this question, right? I was like, all right, I'm 20 something right now. I live with my parents. I don't have kids. I have to, you know, I just have this job and whatever I want to do next. And what would happen if I dedicate 10 years of my life to this specific job, right? Uh, at that point, I, I already had the, you know, a couple of entrepreneurial tests in university, right? I had a couple of entrepreneurial tests in that day job as well. And I really, I really liked it. I really liked, you know, being creative, doing things on my own. I really liked like not knowing, but figuring things out. I really liked not having a boss, like being my own boss, all of those things. So I'm like, okay, this sounds great on paper, but what would happen if I stay here for 10 years straight? Like what, what could I aim towards? Well, maybe a middle management position, maybe something along those lines, right? We're talking about a company that people stay forever. So, you know, there's not a lot of rotation for you to become a director like right away, right? You need to wait, you need to do a career within that company. So I'm like, okay, that sounds good. Now, what would happen if I do the same 10 years with the same amount of intensity and effort and hard work for my own stuff, right? And the answer was, well, the sky is the limit, right? So that was kind of the question that I asked myself to leave that day job. And that was a big surprise for, 
for my family, for my friends. It was a big surprise. But that was the question that led me to become an entrepreneur. I didn't know what I was going to do at the time, but that's how I, I left without a net, without anything. Just, you know, one day I just resigned and started doing my own thing. So, wow. And so obviously coming from your, your background, like most, I'll say millennials, because we're probably in the same age bracket and we were all sold like, hey, go to this company, work for this company, X number of years, you'll get a nice comfy job where you're not doing too much work, but you know, getting a nice salary, have the wife, white picket fence, the family member and all that. Yeah. But you, you, you went completely against that grain at a, I'm guessing a relatively young age or only a few years into that, that, that path and decided to say, hey, no, I'm going to do my own thing. What was the reaction to like your immediate from your immediate family and friends when you said uh, you're leaving this job to start your own fantastical company? Yeah, you know, it was it was crazy. Like, you know, my friends were all like surprised family. You know, I had I, I've been lucky enough that my bo both my parents, my dad and my mom, they were always supportive of what I decided to do, uh, but they didn't take it lightly. Right. It was like. You know, it's like, you, are you sure you want to do this? Like, are you sure you want to go on your own? Like, you know, and, and and the other the other answer to that was like, OK, well, I'm 20 something right now. I could get a job up to the age of 45, right, or 40. Like, I still have 20 years to experiment. And if I fail at this, I can always go go out there and get a job later, you know, so that wasn't the issue. So, you know, they kind of understood this this mentality and they were like okay well figure it out we're not going to sustain you we're not going to maintain you you're just living with us you still need to pay for stuff here you know that right and uh so if that's the case then so be it so that was the answer i like that i like how your family was your, your family your friends were surprised obviously because you're probably one of the first to decide hey i'm bucking the trend um mm -hmm. which is always you're being a trailblazer in that regard but i love how your parents were like we'll support you but just with a bed and a roof, everything else you have to pay for. And I think that is kind of like, that's the best type of support you can get from your parents because it takes the pressure off paying rent, paying utilities, paying for internet, paying all these things that a business needs, but also in today's day and age, you need as well to survive. So you had that support. Do you feel that kind of gave you a leg up? So. I think so. So, so, so I think they did it from the perspective of education, right? Mm -hmm. Like they gave me everything that they could in terms of education at a really young age, you know, they were really into MLMs and multi-level marketing and that type of companies and whatnot. They still had their own jobs, but they were entrepreneurial in their own sense. Right. Mm -hmm. So I real I, I remember that I was at a really low, uh, really early age. I was, my, my house was filled with these books, like, think and grow rich and rich that poor that you know because they got these these training and these these books from these mlm companies that they were into right so there was a lot of training of mindset and sales and whatnot i was like i don't know i was like 11 reading think and grow rich right i was 11 and reading del carnegie's book and whatnot so i think that they gave me a leg up in that perspective and in that regard like giving me a rich environment for me to soak all of that in and then i would play video games i wouldn't play like shooters i would play like strategic games right like i, I that was that was kind of how i grew up but then also after making the decision of leaving the company i think three to four month, months later i left my parents house i i went ahead and lived with a with a girlfriend so at that point the 
bed and you know the bed and the roof thing was gone so i really had to crank things up a bit because then i was living on my own so you know so i think that they gave me a leg up in terms of education and then everything else it was like okay now it's your responsibility to make it happen oh i love that i love how you brought up the books because one thing that i think mlms whatever your 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 position on whether they're good or bad one of the things that I know they do really well is they provide a lot of the resources for self-improvement mm. because you have going into an MLM, whether it's the ones that actually work, the ones that don't, do, it doesn't matter. It's, it, it, it's a dependent on the person to make it work totally. and getting this self-improvement books like, you know, rich dad, poor dad, which is changing the mindset or like you put influenced by Caldini, which is another amazing book that I just, changes the way you you perceive things when you start reading it i think having that education is so important um now we're going to talk about scale driven which is your business was it your was scale driven the first entrepreneurial venture you did or was there other businesses or uh, that maybe litter the graveyard of your success if you will yeah yeah, I was about to say that. No, Scale Driven is like three years old, maybe, but I've had a lot of different businesses and a lot of different partnerships and many, many of them failed. Like I would say, you know, just a handful of them were actually successful, right? Many of them, most of them failed because the reality is that when you're starting in your entrepreneurial journey, you don't know what you're doing, right? You're just testing things out. You're just trying things out. Uh, I had several agencies before Scale Driven and all of them failed, right? And then, you know, I kind of realized that I was good at marketing, I was good at, I was good at creating content, so I kind of went that way. But, you know, but I think that my first, so, so, so if we back up from the moment that I, you know, I left my corporate job, I moved in with my girlfriend back at the time, and she had a regular job, but I didn't, right? So I came across this little website called Fiverr, Fiverr.com, right? Back in the day. Now, Fiverr.com, back in the day, is not the Fiverr.com that we know of right now. Back in the day, Fiverr.com was a rough bunch of people, you know, just scrappy marketers trying to do stuff for five bucks. And I was there and I came across and I was like, oh, well, people are selling stuff on the internet to strangers, like services to strangers for $4. I'm like, okay, I need to give this a shot. So I created a gig and I started writing articles for people. So that was quote unquote, one of my first entrepreneurial slash freelancer uh, careers because uh, you know, the first, I remember the first time that I had an actual breakthrough up to this point, everything, every, uh, every like cent or every dollar that I made came from a salary, right? It came from a salary up to that point. And then six months later, I was still like spinning my wheels, but I had this breakthrough when I sold my first article on Fiverr for $4 because you know, Fiverr will charge $5, but they will take a dollar at the top. So I will get $4 and a complete stranger over the internet hired me to write an article for them. And they gave me $4. And that was like, wow, these things work, right? Like it was, what, what's going on here, right? Somebody that I don't know just gave me money. And that's how I started writing articles. And that's how I was able to put money on the table, put, put food on the table rather, and, and you know, and, and, and heat up the house and whatnot. And that was, and, and I wasn't depending only on my girlfriend's salary. And, you know, and, and a couple of months later of doing this, I started like building a small team. So that was my first, you know, entrepreneurial gig, if you would, that all started with Fiverr as a content generation service, if you would. 
So I like that. I, I like how you were like you, you were scrappy. You tried to find it. You started with Fiverr. Um, from Fiverr, what was the next kind of, let's say, big moment in your career? Because I, I don't want to touch on too much of the failures because there's probably thousands of uh, podcasts out there. I want to know, like, what was the next step that brought you to Scale Driven? Like, was there another business that kind of popped but may have not been the success that you wanted it? So, yeah, that's a great question. So after Fiverr, as I was writing a lot of articles for people, then people will reach out to you outside of Fiverr to do some other stuff, right? And they'll try to hire you as a VA. So I would say yes, of course, and then try to, you know, I would, whatever they, they would ask me for, I would say yes, and then I would turn around and try to figure it out, right? So that was kind of my, my response to everything in life in general. It's like, yeah, yeah, we'll do it, and then try to figure it out. So I started being asked about, okay, you wrote this article, can you upload it to our WordPress website? And I'm like, sure. Can you now help us with SEO? Can you SEO optimize this article? And can you learn how to do SEO for us and do SEO? And that was kind of the next thing. So I started doing a lot of research when it comes to SEO. And I started, you know, providing SEO services because now we have the content thing and now we, we started getting, you know, pretty good at SEO and ranking websites and ranking the articles that we would write and whatnot. So we started pro producing and promoting that, that service. And we actually got a couple of clients, just SEO clients, right? We, from, from there on out, I think for the next like three years, I would dedicate myself to, to SEO. And that led to this, the first quote unquote agency, which was an SEO content slash SEO agency. And that also led to another partnership that I had for almost seven or eight years, which was a lot of agency, um, uh, a lot of SEO agency owners, we got together and we put together uh, um, a product, a digital product, right? Teaching other people how to SEO optimize their website uh, using really specific techniques and whatnot. So that was kind of my first big quote unquote company because we launched that we launched that digital product based on all the knowledge that we had and we launched that and we started promoting that and that kind of put us in the map that company was called semantic mastery and that was my first like big company and that you know that reached seven figures but we were selling information at that point uh on you know doing seo and helping other agency owners helping other people that wanted to up SEO optimize their website with our courses or programs and all of that. So that, first of all, that that's huge seven figures for your business right away. But that was more of a collaborative effort of you and other agency owners coming together to yep. pool your knowledge. That that is that's insane that a uh, a collective could do that instead of being one person. Because you always hear about like the one entrepreneur who made seven figures, made eight figures, made nine figures. But here you have proof of a collective coming together, sharing their knowledge, because it's only benefits all of you in the long run, because you can say, hey, I built this and or I was part of this million, uh, this seven figure or six figure business. Um, so I love that. I'm definitely going to want to highlight how uh, a collective made uh, made oodles of money for uh, for themselves and other businesses, because I'm, I'm, I'm assuming and I'm, I'm hoping this is assuming correctly, if you had made seven figures in that business, the people you were helping obviously must have made the same amount or even more for them. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so the way it worked is that, so I was, I was offering SEO services, right? And then I, I, I joined a community, I joined a mastermind of other SEO agency owners, right? 
So I joined a mastermind and out of those five of us out of that mastermind, we, you know, we kind of step away and started doing our own thing. And then we started producing uh, content and products and whatnot. Our students had a ton of success with the stuff that we were teaching them, right? Most of them also agency owners, other freelancers, other entrepreneurs, other SEOs. We, they had a ton of success with our products and that kind of put us in the map when it comes to one of the main sources of SEO teaching or SEO learning, if you had an agency and whatnot, you, you wanted to go there. You wanted to go buy Semantic Mastery products, become part of their mastermind and whatnot, because that allows us to, you know, that, that allowed you to grow, bring more results to your clients and whatnot. So our clients had a lot of success with that on students, so. So you go from content writing you know, very basic, very simple to providing SEO services in your agency to SEO um, teaching, in essence, if you will, to the agency yeah. owners. Now we're jumped to scale driven. Like, was there, because I know scale driven does more funnels and ads, which doesn't really deal with SEO. It can, but normally it's completely separate. So how did you get into the funnels and the ads? Like, was there another business in there or was it just a client going like, I need someone to deal with my ads? Like, how did that jump happen? Yeah, great question. So we had these digital products, right? We had these digital products that we put out and now we needed to bring traffic to them basically. So we, you know, at that point I learned how to build funnels because we had to build the landing pages for the products. We had to build a the card pages and all of the things for the products and the email sequences for the products, you know, like an actual digital product that you want to sell online. And then we need to get traffic to those landing pages. So I raise my hand and say, okay, well, I can start doing Facebook ads. I've never done Facebook ads before. This is like, I don't know, six, seven years ago. So I've never done Facebook ads before. I jump into the platform, started learning and started getting, you know, can you hear me? Oh yeah. yeah. So I started getting, started getting, um, you know, good results for, our, uh, you know, our products and services and, and the digital products that we were getting. We were getting leads, we were getting really good cost per calls and cost per, per acquisition for those, for those products and whatnot. So that's when I'm like, okay, well, I like SEO, but man, ads are so much fun, right? And then I started diving into, diving deep into, into, into funnels and ads. And what happened in the meantime is that I, I was always being helpful. Like, any new thing that I was learning, you know, from content writing to SEO to Facebook ads, I was always documenting and putting content out. I was always documenting and, and participating in Facebook groups and forums and communities, right? And teaching and helping other people how to do the same. And, um, and what, what happened is that um, one of the guys that I admired the most uh, oh. in, you know, the history of everything was Frank Kern. You know, so Frank, Frank Kern, his team reached out to me. I was part of his community and actually helping other people with Facebook ads. And they reach out to me and they say, hey, do you want to come and run some ads for us? Right? So you, Hernan, do you want to come and run some ads for us? And then what, what happened is that I became Frank Kern's marketing director for three and a half years after that, right? Because they brought me in to run all of their paid advertising campaigns. And uh, I helped all of his students, you know, with Facebook ads. And I gain a lot of insights when it comes to running ads for clients, building an agency when that was focused on ads and funnels specifically, right? And at that point, the, uh, the company, the, the training company was still doing SEO, but I kind of walked away to focus all in on paid traffic and funnels. And, you know, and after working with Frank, I went ahead and launched uh, Scale Driven, 
if that makes sense. That that is makes a lot of sense, and it it shows when you start providing value to communities, certain people will notice that and reach out. Like Frank Kern is the biggest name I think in marketing. Um, next to like you, you're looking at Dan Kennedy. Like these are godfathers of yeah. the marketing world. So like having the opportunity to be at working with them and learning from them is like just like you growing up with all those personal development and sales books in young. It's an education that 10x is anybody else. Mm -hmm. um, so you launch Scale Driven, which focuses on uh, funnels and ad Facebook ads. Um, for your clients and what type of clients do you normally go after? So, you know, as usual with entrepreneurship, you start with an idea and then you need to start pivoting and you need to start honing in in that idea. Right. And I realized that it was always my experience when it comes to running ads for something or building a business and whatnot. It was always around um, personal brands, information products, coaching programs, and that type of stuff, right? Like for Frank, that was the thing. It was like high ticket coaching programs and whatnot. For Semantic Mastery, it was, you know, low ticket, um, low ticket programs, masterminds and whatnot. So over the past like three and a half years, we've been servicing mostly coaches, consultants, other service-based businesses, usually people that sell on the phone, that sell a high ticket item, a high ticket coaching program, or you know, a training program or a consulting program or a service on the phone. So what we do at Scale Driven is we put together their direct response machine, right? From the ads to the funnels, to the emails, with the purpose of generating more leads, generating more qualified calls, generating more revenue, to them by using paid direct response advertising. That's that's basically the gist and that's who we're servicing. We still have a couple of e-commerce companies that come to us, they want us to run their ads. We have a couple of local brick and mortar businesses, but our focus is being personal brands, influencers, coaches, consultants, people that have a high ticket product, high ticket coaching program that they wanna sell. They usually sell on the phone and we deploy the entire machine for them. No, I, I like that and it, it solves their problem, right? Because Biz, uh, entrepreneurs were good at usually one thing, really good at one thing and everything else kind of like they're okay. And obviously having teaming up with other entrepreneurs as you grow as an entrepreneur, you know that it's, it's easier just to outsource it because there's someone else who's better at it than you. Just like Frank Kern's team knew, hey, we can learn all this marketing stuff for Facebook ads or we can go over to this guy who's giving amazing results for free and hire him to take care of it for us. And so, yeah, I love love that because it's the only way we grow as entrepreneurs is working together. Like like uh, the famous quote says, uh, a rising tide brings uh, lifts all ships. And uh, you, you are lifting other ships by handling something that they may not be able to handle um, or may not want to handle because I know I don't want to deal with Facebook ads because then there's like, okay, you have like the 14 different types of ads and how much ad spend in the, figuring out the demographics. and. And that's for me, that's a huge waste of money because I don't know anything about it. Either I have to pay a course to learn and I still need to learn because I have to have that experience. But if I can find someone like yourself who I can just go here, this is what I need. How do we do it? And you take care of all of that. I think that's just that saves so much time mm -hmm. and it gives the expertise to the expert who needs it. Um, yeah. I want to go in a tip. I kind of want like two tips from you. And I, I hate to be greedy that way. But I think because you had um, that split where you had to decide, hey, I'm going to buck the trend and go on my own. I would love if you have maybe 
piece of advice, maybe not a tip, but a piece of advice for people who are kind of like thinking about bucking the trend, what kind of advice could you give them so that they could maybe, you know, taste what it's like to be an entrepreneur? So I love that question because I remember that I left my day job. I started with this whole career, this entrepreneurial journey, and I didn't know where it was going to land. Or, or, and I'm still discovering day, day in and day out, right? We're all discovering it as we go. But one of the things that I, that I noticed is that I looked around me and I saw my friends getting promoted at their jobs, right? And I saw my friends getting fancier and fancier cars and better and better houses, right? In better, nicer neighborhoods. And I saw my friends doing all of this. And uh, the first... I would say the first year and a half or the first two years of entrepreneurship, they were really hard because I was just struggling to make ends meet, right? I don't want to scare anyone, but it's something that I want you, be, want you to be aware of because I think that entrepreneurship, it's, it's great. It's so rewarding if you go past that threshold, right? Because once you go past that invisible threshold, then your income does this, right? And I blew past my friend's income like a couple of years ago, right? And it, in, in many, many, many ways. But it was really hard for me to actually stomach that fact. Like I was always thinking about, oh, should I go back and get a job? Should I go back and get a job? Should I get back and get a job? So that is something that will come up. But if you keep yourself on the forefront, if you keep learning, right? If you keep on providing value to others, then things will get accelerated. You just need to not give in basically just it's like it's always it's i'm always reminded when i hear this is not the first time i i heard that hey just keep in it and it will come you know like those guesses those second guesses and questioning yourself will happen it's always that picture of the minor guy just gives you up and there's just like a millimeter of stuff behind wealth and you have another guy going at it and it's true it's like just go at it give yourself hey like you said i can support i I have 40 years in essence before I really need to retire, you know, at like 60 is when most people retire. So you still have some time to work, you know, 20 years, bet on yourself for 10 years. What, what's the worst that's going to happen? You have that type of experience and you can still go back to the workforce and uh, still be more valuable because of all the lessons you learned. You have a more real life experience that you can pass on to help the business. Um, and I think that's the best way of looking about it because jobs will always be there. Nine to fives, I think, will never disappear because we have those multinational corporations. So you can always st uh, go and work for them. Um, but now I want to talk about what you do specifically in the Facebook ads mm -hmm. and the funnels. And I want to give a tip to some of the business owners out there that are listening because we do have business owners and entrepreneurs. They may not be able to go straight to scale driven and give you the money to handle it for them. But if they were going to concoct their first Facebook ad spread for a product, mm -hmm. What kind of advice or tip would you have for them for their first Facebook ad experience? So I always, I'm a big proponent of being helpful, like creating goodwill, being helpful. And I think that one of the best things that you could do for your advertising is make your advertising as helpful as possible. Because if you think about it, your ads, your video ads, your copy, everything that you put in the ad, it will get the lion share of the eyeballs that your business gets, right? Um, for example, if you have an Instagram profile, 
putting stuff on Instagram, uploading stuff on Instagram organically, right? It will get so far. It will only get so many impressions and so many eyeballs. But when you're advertising on Instagram, you can multiply those eyeballs for, you know, in the tens of thousands, even hundreds of thousands of people that will see that ad. And that's like the first handshake. That's like you want it to be firm. You want it to be, you know, you want people to trust you, to like you, to know you. It's just like, you know, you were talking about influence by Chialdini. I think that that's a great starting point. But what I always say is like the easiest way and also most cost effective way to start advertising, especially on platforms like Facebook and Instagram, is to create short, helpful video ads, right? Like we're always telling these to, to our clients is, you know, just whip out your phone, whip out your camera, create a, a minute, a two minute short, helpful video ad and show that video ad to your ideal audience. Show that video ad. Don't forget to mention your name. Don't forget to mention your website. Don't forget to mention, you know, your, your domain and whatnot. In fact, do it a couple times on the video ad. But just that one thing, just create a video, upload it to your Instagram profile, to your Facebook page, and boost that to your ideal demographic, to your ideal audience. If you do that consistently, you will A, get a bunch of clicks. People will want to visit your website, potentially, and, and, and even further, if your content is helpful, and it's a really inexpensive way to start getting your feet wet because you can get a lot of reach and a lot of awareness and a lot of eyeballs with, let's say, $5 a day or $2 a day. It doesn't have to be a lot of, a lot of money, right? So that thing alone can help you a lot. And then for the guys that are a little bit more advanced into Facebook ads, you can grab people that are watching 50% of those videos, 75% of those videos, 95% of those videos, and you can show them ads to go to your website, you know? So you're basically, you know, you're, you're basically putting together really good content, really helpful content, short, digestible content, mentioning your website a couple of times and pushing that out there with the boost a post function or creating an engagement campaign or something like that. Show that to your ideal demographic and see what that does for your business over the next 30 to 60 days. I can only imagine. I'm not going to lie. I'm probably going to start doing that. I'm going to pr probably do a f film and just do five bucks a day. See what that gets yep. me. It's uh, what that's like 60 bucks a or like no $600. No, $150 a month. $150 Sorry, per month, yeah. Yeah, my math, my, as you can say, I'm not a math whiz. Um, <laughs> I, I'm a podcaster for a reason. I can look at how things go, multiplication, and that's not my thing. I'll leave that to the professional mathematicians out there. But, uh, Renan, we're coming near to the end. I hate it, but we do need to uh, uh, wrap up here. So I'm going to get the Spark question of the show asked. For those that don't know, Spark is by Seek Discomfort, an amazing brand that believes strangers are just friends you haven't met yet. So let's spark some conversation with them. And I want to know, has a stranger ever made an impact on your life? Yeah, yeah, I love it. Because I remember one time I was, and this was back, 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 back in the day, I remember one time that I was uh, taking the train right here in Buenos Aires. I was taking the train. I was coming back from downtown Buenos Aires to where I live. Huge train station, right? Huge, you know, rush hour, tons of people walking everywhere and whatnot. So I was in line to get the train ticket to come back home. And I was there. And then there was this lady, this, you know, this old, old lady. Um, she was trying to get the change to give her to give the change to the cashier so that she could get the ticket. And she was missing, like, I don't know, like 50 cents or something like that. Right. 
And I, I was staying there. It was a huge line. It was a huge, huge line. And this lady, you know, she was struggling to get those 50 cents out of her pocket or her purse. So I grabbed 50 cents and I put them there, right? And then the lady looked at me kind of annoyed, right? She grabbed the thing and she grabbed the ticket and went away. And then the cashier was laughing at the whole situation and she looked at me and said, you know, the problem is that people are not used to this. They're not used to these random acts of small act of kindness, you know? And that's that stick with me. I'm like, I'm like, you know, you're right. Like people are not used to it, but we should do more of that stuff. You know, we should do more of that stuff because I think that that could change today for the entire for, for, for that could change the day for somebody. I don't know if it changed the day for the lady, but it did change the day for the cashier. And that that's a, uh, a memory that I have about how somebody can change and make an impact in your life just by doing a, a small thing. Oh, I love that. Like the, 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 the well-intentioned, how the, like every, you, I, I think you did change two people's lives. Obviously the immediate impact was the cashier because she saw this act of kindness coming from you. Someone who you're just like, it's 50 cents. It doesn't matter. Now this old lady, she probably in the moment it was, there's probably embarrassment, there's anger, there's all this going through, but probably later she'll realize like, Hey, no, this person helped me so that I didn't feel more embarrassed because I, I can tell you exactly like, looking for that 50 cents when you need to pay and there's a giant line, you got that pressure, anxiety is an all up on you. So you did help her. I can tell you that much. She may have not appreciated it at the beginning, but I, I guarantee you she, she did in the end run. Um, Hernan, I'm going to jump off stage here. Please let my audience know how they can connect with you, how they can get some of your free stuff and how they can work with uh, Scale Driven in the future. Yeah, Hernan Vasquez, uh, everywhere and all socials, uh, YouTube, Instagram, what now? Ha I have a YouTube channel with tons of content, so that's the best way to start. And then scaledriven.com if you want to check it out. If you like what you see on that page, then you can book a call there and see if we're a good fit. If not, you know, there's a bunch of, of free content out there that we put out every single day. So that's how. Excellent. Uh, Hernan, thank you again for coming on to the show and sharing your story and sharing some tips and tricks for my audience. Thank you, man. It's been my pleasure. Thank you so much. And to my audience, as you know, like I say in every show, the show notes will have every single piece of link that you can get to connect with Hernan. Please do so. Make sure you check out the content. Uh, I've just been subscribed to his YouTube channel because I'm go I want more knowledge that I can pass off pretending that I know stuff and then I can say, no, you need to talk to this guy over here because he's the boss. But with that said, ladies and gentlemen, thank you again for listening. And remember to always invest in yourself. Thank you